I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today, I interview a 65-year-old semi-retired chiropractor named Karen Kalarik. She retired with a purpose to Green Valley, Arizona, and has converted her dad, stepmother, and is studying the Bible with a large number of her neighbors currently. If you've ever wondered how to be effective as a senior disciple, you need to listen to Karen's story. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I started this podcast at the beginning of the COVID pandemic in an effort to inspire people to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I wanted to learn from others and share what I've learned over the years. God has enabled me and my wife Pam to plant churches in Portland, Oregon, Anchorage, Alaska, Ashland, Oregon, Tucson, Arizona, and most recently, Flagstaff, Arizona. My dream is to plant at least five more churches by the year 2030. Your financial support, your donation, will help me to turn that dream into reality. Your tax-deductible gift will be given to get those churches off the ground. Please give today at tucsonchurchofchrist.org, look for the donation tab, and then select the general fund when you give. Thank you so much. Happy to be here with my wife, Pam Skinner, to talk to Dr. Karen Kalarik. She joined our church during COVID and has been on fire since she arrived. That's right. She reminds me of the scripture in Psalm 92, verse, four, verse 12, when it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Karen is still bearing fruit, and like Caleb, hasn't lost her passion in maturity. Karen, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rob. It's great to have you here. Yes. Thanks, ma'am. Yeah, you're welcome, Karen. It's great to be here with you. Oh, thanks, honey. I, I love coming on this program with you, and it's great to be here with Karen. Karen, how'd you become a Christian? Well, back in 1983, which was 40 years ago, um, I was in graduate school at an Indiana State University, and uh, I, I wouldn't say I was really searching for anything, but I remember one day my roommate came home from church, and she was crying, and uh, she said, I'm a sinner, and I've got to repent. And I thought, first of all, what's a sinner, and what's <laughs> repent? And, and I got really upset, and I thought, I'm going back to that church, and, and I'm going to talk to these people. <laughs> and so it was a Church of Christ, and I still remember the sermon. It was the eyes of the heart, and I went with her, and I sat there, and I came out of the church thinking, I'm a sinner, and I've got to repent. <laughs> and so I started studying the Bible then mm. and uh, um, became a Christian back in 1983. Wow. wow, that's awesome. Okay, well, how'd you get to Boston then? 
well, after uh, um, Indiana State University, I went on and I taught at a college, Dickinson, Dickinson State College in North Dakota. And uh, I was living in Boston at a time before that. And I'd gotten to know uh, some of the people there and Dr. Ken Lowy. And uh, I really didn't love teaching. I started out in junior high and I was terrible. I thought the kids in junior high just ate me alive. <laughs> so then I tried high school and I didn't really love that. And then I went to college and I taught at three different colleges and I ended up at Wellesley College in Boston. Hmm. And I was a part of the church in, in Boston and there was a chiropractor there, Ken Lowy. And so um, he's the one that encouraged me to become a chiropractor. Wow. Okay. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, I, I wanted to know, yeah, why did you choose to become a chiropractor? I don't feel like, um, I feel like chiropractic found me. Hmm. I, I had broken my back when I was in college, and I went through two different real serious spinal surgeries, and my back wasn't great. And when I moved out to Boston, this chiropractor who was in the church said, come and see me. If you don't come and see me, I'm going to come and see you. And so I went to see him, and he really helped me with my back. And uh, that's when I was teaching at Wellesley College. And one day he called me into his office and he said, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and I was thinking of going back to school again and getting my doctorate. I didn't really want to do it, but I didn't know what else to do. And so he sat me down and he said, Karen, I want you to become a chiropractor. <laughs> wow. I said, if you become a chiropractor, I think you'll be a really good one. And I will hire you when you're done in four or five years. Wow. And so I was just like, okay. That sounds like a good thing to do. I just didn't know what else to do. So I, I, uh, I actually went to school at Life College in Georgia, and uh, Ken Lowy uh, was faithful to his word. I was in school for five years, and once a month, for five years, he would either write or call, and he'd always finish by saying, I want you to come back. Wow. And so five years later, I joined him in his practice in Boston. Wow. wow. And we were together then for 25 years. So Karen, chiropractic was your second career. What, what, yes. what were you, you were teaching beforehand? Well, I started out uh, teaching and coaching, and I, I began my career um, in elementary school in junior high. And I, I was a terrible junior high instructor. <laughs> they tell you, like, be tough in the beginning, and I was nice, and those kids just ate me alive. Wow. And so from there I thought, well, maybe I'd like to teach in the high school. So I went to high school, and I really didn't love that at all. I taught driver's ed. That was one of my first uh, classes. And then from there, I thought, I'll go back and get my master's and I'll teach in the college. And so I, I taught at a Indiana State University and I taught at a college in North Dakota. And then eventually I went to Wellesley College and taught there for three years. Tell me a little bit about that practice. I understand it was, you were pretty busy. <laughs> we had a very busy practice in Boston. I, I feel like I was so fortunate because Ken Lowy was a disciple. Most of our staff were disciples. I was a disciple. And the practice was run on Christian principles. Hmm. Like we loved our patients. We gave to our patients. We, we were just different. And people would even come into the practice. I remember this one fellow, Jerry, coming in. And he was a Jewish man. And one time I asked him, I said, Jerry, do you ever read the Bible? He said, I don't need to read the Bible. I just come here. <laughs> and so we, we reached out to our patients. And we converted some of our patients. And the practice was very, very busy. Like most mornings when I worked the full days, my alarm went off at 3.50. Oh, my gosh. I got to work at 5.15, and I got home around 7 or 7.15. 
And we saw a lot of patients, like we had an open door. We never turned anybody away. If you came in, we were going to treat you. Wow. Wow. Okay. So how many people were you seeing in an average day? Uh, we, we could see anywhere from 80 to 100 in a day. Just, just you? Just me. Wow. And, and Dr. Ken could see more than that. Wow. wow. Oh my so gosh. So we worked hard. We, we worked hard all day. And we had a great staff that kept us going. We, we had, I, I would say, I think one of the top practices on the East Coast. Because, because we were Christian principled. And we loved our patients. Okay, so I, I got a couple of questions to add on to that. How, one, how'd you have a quiet time? I mean, you're getting up so early and coming home so late. You know what? I had to. If I was going to be a good chiropractor, I had to start in the Bible. And so my alarm went off at 3.50, but I didn't get out of bed till 4. <laughs> I gave myself 10 minutes. And then I would just sit at my kitchen table, and I had my quiet time and my prayer, and I, I had to do it. Wow. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. He's out. Okay. So that happened. You working five days a week, six days a week? No. Uh, when I started, I worked um, three and a half days a week. Okay. I worked on Saturdays for a couple of years and then it went down to three days a week. Okay. So you did have some days off then. Yes. So it was intense yes. when you worked, but then you had some days off there. Yes. Okay. Praise yes. God. That just sounds great. Or I think I worked three and a half days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, and then uh, Friday. Okay, so you had, that's great. Yeah. So you had a nice weekend off there. Yes. Okay. All right, so you were in Boston, and obviously you had this really busy work schedule, but you were a real active part of the church. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know you've shared that you um, purposely had a big home to have people over. And so please talk about that and, and how else you were serving in the church. Well, you know, when I moved there, um, I, I went to chiropractic school later in life. Um, I graduated when I was 38 years old. And so it was much later. And I moved to Boston and I was single and everybody there, my friends were young marrieds and they had kids. And so here's a single person moving in and uh, I was looking for a home. And I remember uh, finding this one home that the monster backyard and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put a pool in. And so I put a giant, giant in-ground pool in, and I put a hot tub and a gazebo. And I thought, now my backyard is going to be the place for the kids to come and play. And wow. my backyard became kind of the second ministry building. We had wedding, weddings there. We had, we had uh, graduations, birthdays, parties. And there were many times I'd be at work in my clinic and some of my patients who lived in the neighborhood would come in and they would say, Dr. Karen, you're having a party at your house. <laughs> and I think, oh, <laughs> the church must be over there. So we had so many things there. And I look back now, all the young children that came to my pool, and then they became teenagers. And I think almost all of them became Christians. Wow. wow. And it was a place where uh, uh, there were these two young boys that were so, I was so close to them. And they would just come and tell me all their problems and tell me what was going on. And it, I became like their aunt. Hmm. And it was a real special time for me. And then I had great fellowship with the dads because they would bring their kids to the pool. Hmm. I had great fellowship with the women. It was just a, it was a wonderful time. So Karen, if you don't mind, you, you never married. How did you, how'd you make that decision? You know, that's a, a really difficult question. And I think here I am, 65 years old, and I've always felt like I had to say the right thing, like, well, the time wasn't right, mm -hmm. or this came in my way. And 
and I feel like a, you know, I feel like I'm coming out. I get to say the truth here on this podcast. <laughs> and, and the truth is, I never wanted to get married. Like mm-hmm. I've just never really desired that. I've never prayed about it. I've never asked about it. Um, I've enjoyed being single, and I feel like the life that I've been able to lead, be, lead being single. I've been able to give to so many people. I've been able to serve in so many ways. And I'm very, very happy. I'm very content. I, I love being single. Mm. Wow. It's been impressive since you got here because you haven't been in, in Tucson that long. But, I mean, it, we had a recent uh, leadership meeting and people were sharing it's your 65th birthday. And it was amazing how, how much love was poured out and expressed to you in a very short time. You're, you're such a giving person. I think the move has been fantastic for me. I think it, it was hard, the move. I spent three years in agonizing prayer, hmm. three years waiting on God to answer, God, what should I do? And when I finally decided to come to Tucson and, and I'm here, I think it's really changed my life in that it, it kind of shakes you up a little bit. And when you come, you can... Um, ask God to change different things in your heart, change different things, your character. And a move changes your character. Mm. And I know before I moved here, I thought one of the things I want to do is just be an encouragement. Mm. Like I, I want to be positive. I want to, I want to end my life just, just being happy and being grateful and, and giving to wherever I'm going to be. And I think that has really uh, kind of been my, my mantra coming here. Wow. Well, we're certainly glad. Definitely. Okay, so tell us, why did you decide to retire uh, to Arizona? Why Green Valley? Well, the biggest thing was um, my dad. Uh, I have a, when, before I moved here, I had an 88-year-old dad here, and he lives in Green Valley where I live. And he, um, he started to have some health issues, and his wife was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I also have a sister who lives in the same community. And I came to visit one day, and he had had some back surgery, and I saw all she was doing for him. And I thought, you know, it's time to kind of help with the load a little bit. And so then that's when I, I started to pray about just to God, help me decide what to do. I, I felt the pull to come here. I felt the pull to stay in Boston. And I don't know that I ever felt that, you know, there wasn't really a right or a wrong in that decision. Mm-hmm. And so for three years, I, I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And I, I can honestly say, I don't think God answered that prayer in those three years. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was nothing nothing at all. And I look back now on it and I think, I think God was waiting and saying, well, you're 65. What do you want? Right. Like, mm. I, I don't know that I have to tell you what to do. What mm. do you really want to do in your life? Mm. Well, there's a lot of people that are at that stage of life. I mean, it's definitely in our family of churches, I, I would mm-hmm. say that I mean, those who became Christians in the 70s, 80s, 90s, they're, they're well into maturity, thinking, at least thinking about retirement at this point, mm-hmm. if not on the brink of it. Any advice for people who are considering about that next step and, and who are kind of praying about it, you know, and just wrestling with God? I think you have to think about what do you want at the end of your life? Are you happy where you're at? Um, do you want to challenge yourself a little bit? And I think even in Boston, I think towards the end, I got comfortable. And then I think I got a little critical because you start to, <laughs> you start to get your own ideas about a lot of things. And, and I felt myself kind of become kind of stagnant a little bit. Mm. And I thought, you know, I, I just, I want, I want something different. I, w- I want to challenge myself a little bit. Mm. 
And I think as you get ready to retire, you have to think about how you're going to still make a difference. How are you going to be alive? How are you going to bring Christ to other people? And that was one of my motivating factors to just think about, okay, it's time to make a change. So you helped your, your dad and your stepmom become yeah. a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk I mean, about that. That's just amazing. Yeah. Like, if you can just share, like, how'd you do it? What was your game plan? Well, I grew up in Wisconsin in a large family. I have three brothers, three sisters. And my dad uh, was a, a butcher, a meat man. He made his own sausages from the old world country of Czechoslovakia. And uh, uh, so I, I grew up, I would say, with faith. My parents are really good about that. And when my dad moved here to Arizona, uh, he and I one day, when I, when I got here, we were watching somebody's pool. And so we decided we'd go swim in the pool. So we were in the pool. And just out of the blue, my dad said to me, Karen, you know, I'm 88 years old. What do you think's going to happen when I die? And he said, do you know? And I said, well, Dad, I, I think I have a good idea. I said, you know, it's in the Bible. And he said, well, I've read that already. And I get through that first book, and I just don't even know what they're talking about. (laughs) And so then I said, well, Dad, would you ever like to look at the Bible? Hmm. And he said, yeah, I would. And I've prayed a lot about for my dad, but I've always prayed that he would just have an opportunity to know. Like just an opportunity, and then he will make his own decision. Hmm. And so this was during COVID, and my community was completely locked down because it's a retirement community, 55 and older. And so I'm in the pool, and he said he wants to study the Bible. And I was so thrilled, but then I thought, oh, how's this going to happen? Right. So I remember calling you, Rob. And Rob, you said, well, you study with him. And I was like, me? Like, me studying with my dad? Because, and I think the hard thing is there's a risk with the relationship. Sure. My dad and I are very, very close. And now to go through the Bible, and my dad, 88 years old, he was Catholic. And now to go and look at some new things, it was really scary for me. But I remember you kept saying, keep it simple. Just keep it simple. So the first day, uh, I asked my dad, I said, well, I'll come over and we'll we'll look at the Bible. And his wife, uh, Shirley, was diagnosed with um, mild Alzheimer's at that time. And she kind of had a hard time reading books. And I I didn't even ask her because I didn't think she would be capable of, of even studying the Bible. But we sat down at the table, and all of a sudden, Shirley comes up with her Bible and sits down. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess we're studying with Shirley, too. And it was so interesting because I would ask my dad questions, and Shirley would answer them before he did. Wow. And it totally surprised me. And so we started studying for about three months. And sometimes I'd sneak over at his house, and I'd look in his window to see what they're doing. And he would be sitting in his favorite chair reading his Bible. And it just, it opened his whole world up. Like he started to tell me, do you know this is in the Bible? Did you know this was in the Bible? (laughs) And so we studied for about three months. And then one afternoon I went over there and he said, "Um, I'm ready. And I was like, ready? That's all he said, I'm ready. And I was like, ready? And he said, yeah, I want to get baptized. And Shirley's like, so do I. Wow. And so (laughs) I I just, it, it was one of the most heartwarming, amazing times of my life. And so we went back to the pool and I baptized my dad, took a video of it. And then he baptized Shirley. Wow. And it was just amazing. And after I baptized him, he was laying in the pool. And I'll, I'll never forget ever the look on his face. Mm. And, and, and he just said, I feel so good. I wow. feel so happy. And you could just see it in his eyes. Wow. And so, you know, I don't know that I came out here to convert them. I think God was so gracious. Mm. And 
I just came out to give my dad a chance mm. and he took it. And he wow. has a very humble heart and very soft heart and he, he loves the Bible. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. It's so inspiring. I mean, it just, and your dad's such a sweetheart. I mean, uh, he, from time to time you've brought up bacon that he's yeah. prepared or sauce. <laughs> we've benefited sausage. from that. I mean, it's been really sweet. Yes. We, we've certainly loved it. He's 91. He'll be 91 and he still smokes his own bacons and he makes sausage out of his garage. And, um, and he loves, that's how he, that's how his love language, how he gives to the people in his community. Like wow. he just gives everybody a little piece of himself. That's awesome. Wow. I love that. Well, Karen, you've been bringing tons of people to church at the age of 65, you know, what, what's driving you? You know, I don't know if people realize that where you live, Green Valley, it's an hour from the church. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, tell us about that. Well, you know, the, the distance, I think, for a while when I moved here was a real obstacle for me because here it's a retirement community. And I would say the average age there maybe is 70 and I'm thinking, first of all, I don't want to drive an hour to church. How's everybody else going to want to drive an hour to church? <laughs> and there was no church that I could find in Green Valley that really followed the scriptures. And at one sermon on Sunday, Rob really challenged us to go into our neighborhoods and do something. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I moved down here to help. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I got online and I just sent out an email. We our community has about 3,000 homes, and each home's divided into a unit. So my unit has like maybe 20, 30 homes. And I sent a note to everybody, hey, you know, I'd like to do a little Bible study. Would anybody be interested? And I was really happy to see the responses I got back from people. And so we started a little Bible study in my home, and we typically have seven or eight visitors there. Wow. And uh, people love the Bible. I think what I have found as people are getting older they're really thinking about their life and mm -hmm. what's going to happen in the next couple of years. And people really want to know God. Yeah. Wow. And so um, right now I'm studying with a, a neighbor, two neighbors, Carl and Jerry. Uh -huh. um, Carl's going to be 82. Jerry's 80. And uh, Jerry started to come to the Bible talk. And I remember uh, I said, well, how about your husband? And first she said, I don't know if he'd come. I said, well, maybe we should ask him. And so she asked him, and he came, and the first Sunday, he had tears in his eyes when Rob was preaching, and he kept showing me his arms. He goes, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. <laughs> and they have loved church. I mean, the, the, we're studying now. Um, they just, they love it. They come, yeah. an hour they come, yeah. our home, sitting at church. Wow. And Jerry just told me this week, she said, Karen, she knows all the neighbors that have said they'd like to come to church, mm. but it's too far. Mm. You know, and as they get older in their 80s, it's going to be far for them to come. That's right. why I, my motivation to really try to get a church in Green Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I think the elderly sometimes can be forgotten a little bit, and yet they're coming to the end, and we really need to help them. That's right. That's so true. I mean, I, I shared that scripture at the beginning of the program, Psalm 92. I don't know of many people your age who are as aggressive just reaching out, and what's helping you? Like, what's What's calling you to just do that work? I mean, you're the only one in your complex, and there's only a few disciples who live anywhere near where you live. What's helping you in your outreach? Any 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 tips you could give to people? Well, I think um, I think my quiet times, like when I get up in the morning and, and I just really study the Word, I keep hearing the voice, take as many with you as you can. Mm -hmm. And when you get a response, like from Carl and Jerry, you see that 
people really, really are searching. Mm. People really want to know God. And I feel that responsibility deeply. Mm. I I always kind of joke with Rob that he prays more than anybody, but I'm second for Green Valley. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, I've had people come to visit from Boston and we climb up on a mountain and I make them pray with me. I just, we got to pray, we got to pray. And so I I love the people and I really want to see people saved and see a church down there. And it's hard. I mean, I, I feel alone a lot, and yeah. it's lonely. Mm-hmm. When you're the only one, sometimes you just kind of go, oh, like, I'm it. Like, who else is going to do this? Right. And I feel that responsibility that I, I'm it. God's putting me there, That's and right. I have to take that responsibility and do something with it. Well, Karen, what do you do for fun? If I'm not indoors, I have to be, I have to be outdoors, I would say, 80% of my day. You know, I work two days a week right now, but I love hiking, biking, uh, swimming, pickleball. I just love being out in nature. You you ran into some wildlife recently, didn't you? I did. <laughs> uh, last summer, three times, I, I my backyard has one of the most beautiful canyons in all of Arizona, I think, personally. It's Madera Canyon. And I can look out my back door and see it, and I can ride my bike over there. And I hike there quite a bit. There's a mountain there that's about 9,000 feet, and that's where I go and pray. And I was uh, hiking three different times, and I ran face-to-face with three different bears. Wow. So that that was scary for me. <laughs> okay, so how'd you escape? What? Well, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. And the first bear, I, I had been hiking so hard. I was breathing so hard, and I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, I stopped, and I looked up, and that bear was maybe 10 feet from me. Oh and then God. I almost started to hyperventilate. And, you know, all these things go through your head. Do you, do you make yourself big? Do you make yourself small? <laughs> what do you do? And I just didn't know what to do. So I, I, I kind of was hyperventilating and trying not to be just freak out. But I just took little tiny steps backwards until I could turn around and walk down. But then every time you're walking and you hear a twig break, you're kind of like, the bear, the bear's coming. It's coming to get me. Oh, so, my gosh, Karen. I oh, can't believe that. I know. You, you are super outdoorsy. I mean, you've got your own travel trailer now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know anyone who's who's out enjoying the, the beautiful outdoors as much as you are. So you have a real passion. You've, you've just talked a little bit about it about getting a mission team started mm-hmm. in the Green Valley, Saurita area. Mm-hmm. T- tell us about that. Well, first of all, um, I think we live in one of the most beautiful areas of the country. Like Green Valley, Saurita, we are actually a part of the Sonoran Desert. And I think when people think about Arizona, they think, oh, desert, barren, dreary, dark. It's the exact opposite. And the reason they call Green Valley Green Valley is it is green and lush, especially in the summer. Mm -hmm. And we live in the wettest desert in the world. And so it's beautiful. There's beautiful cactus, beautiful flowers. There's there's hiking, there's biking, there's there's so many different things you can do. And I think this area, coming from Boston, this is such an affordable area. I, I, I live right now on like, $2,600 $2,600 a month. Mm. I can live on that. Wow. And I can live very well on that. And, you know, you don't have to buy winter clothes. Uh, you have all these benefits living here. And I, I think this area is going to be a sought-after area for retirees. I think it's going to be a sought-after area for families right. that want to move somewhere where it's it's more affordable. And I think uh, this is, uh, it's right now, Sawyerita is like the second fastest growing city in Arizona, right, mm-hmm. and there's there's young families in Sawyerita. People 
are coming. Right. And I think we have to find, we have to have a church there. That's right. For people to come to. And I look, even for anybody listening to this, this church could be your investment when you get older. <laughs> because if you want to come in the winter, yeah. there'll be a church there. If right. you want to come and move, there'll be a church there. Right. And so my mission is to get a church there so that God's word can be spread. Right. Other than our church in Tucson, there is not another church like ours until Mexico. Right. right. And so there's a huge void. Well, I'm I'm totally on board with you. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. I think this is really exciting because one thing I think about, first you've got this great, really nice retirement community in Green Valley, which is predominantly older people, retirees, mm -hmm. and snowbirds, people who come down during the winter months. Right. But then just adjacent to it, just a little bit north, is Sawarita. Sawarita. Mm -hmm. And that's young families. Right. It's, it's like a sub. It's, it's like tons of subdivisions. Right. There's a lake. I mean, it's just all this new construction. Really good schools. Really good, fantastic mm -hmm. schools. So let's talk a little bit about if someone were listening, and they're thinking, "Wow, I'm I'm just about to retire in a year or two. I'm kind of thinking about I want mm -hmm. to make a difference. Why should they think about coming to Green Valley Sabarita?" Because the people are open, because there's an interest, because there's a need, and because I need you. <laughs> Please, I need you. I'm alone down there. I don't want to be alone anymore. Yeah. I, I think if we could get a team to come get together, I, yeah. I just think I think the church would explode. I do too. You know, I have I have a I have a neighbor right now that I was out walking with him and and he told me he's like, I pray to a higher God, but I don't know who that is. Mm. And I, and I thought, I would love to invite him and study with him right now, but I can't. I'm mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. we just need help. Exactly. Well, I think it's a great opportunity because it'd be perfect for young families, mm -hmm. people in their 30s, 40s who have kids, then and they want a more inexpensive area to live in yes. and a great area to live in that's fast growing. And whenever you have that kind of transition, a lot of people moving in, people open up. You know, when, wherever there's transition, tension, trouble, You've got open hearts mm -hmm. and then you've got all the retirees. So, I mean, this appeals to a broad segment yeah. of people. You and, know. I, and I think like Pam said, the schools are very good. Yeah. I didn't realize this, but I, I just did some research and saw that in the high school in Sayurita, uh, the dance team actually went to the finals on Can You Dance on TV. Mm -hmm. So wow. they have a great art program. And, you know, even in Green Valley, uh, we live near an uh, art community, Tubek, and there are tons of artists here. There are right. tons of musicians right. here. We just have so many different cultural things to offer. But I think there's a closeness, a, a kind of with it's small still. And people know each other, and people are friendly, mm -hmm. and people are, are really community-based. And so I think that really lends to really getting in there with the church and helping. Right. Right. Wow, love it, that. It is a fantastic area. Mm -hmm. And it's a little higher elevation to a little bit cooler. Yes. Uh, we we are always cooler than Phoenix. Phoenix can be 118 and we might be 102 and it's a dry heat. <laughs> you know, I love that. I, Preach that, Karen. I think about in, in, in Boston, if it was 80 degrees, it's cooler here when it's 100 because yeah. we have no humidity. Yeah. And Green Valley is even up more in elevation than Tucson. So we're cooler in Green Valley. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I mean, it's an ideal situation. Some I'm really excited about because I want to, we've talked about this. I really want to see 
churches all around the metropolitan area of Tucson. And that is a separate city, couple cities there that are really fast growing and could be just very, very, very strong family churches and mm-hmm. retirees. And so I think this would definitely be something exciting. What do you think about it, babe? Yeah, absolutely. I think just the combination of having young families and a retirement community, you've got the maturity, mm-hmm. but then you also have the youth. Um, I, I think it could be a really explosive situation. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of picture a church where there's some older people and they become grandparents mm-hmm. for the kids that have moved here mm-hmm. and just the experience. And then you have the youth who bring the energy. That's right. And it would be a church filled with some real mature people, energy. I, I just, I, I just have such a vision for it. Me too. Me too. Well, we, we dedicated a day to fast and pray yep. this last week and that was great. I mean, we, we prayed about it and I'm continuing to fast and pray about it. We've talked about, we we're going to be raising money for it. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if someone's interested, how would they get a hold of you? Well, they could either, uh, my email, which is Dr. Kolarik, K-O-L-A-R-I-K at AOL.com, or my phone number is 508-292-3902, or oh. contact you. Sure, you can contact me, and I'll put your information in the show notes. But I think it, it would be so exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, for people thinking about retiring, mm-hmm or raising their family in a great situation. I mean, you can buy a house, a single family house there for less than $300,000 still. Wow. Even after the run up in prices. I mean, you could buy a brand new house, small house for for $299. Yeah. Yeah. No no problem. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, you know, when uh, I I, I reached out to Rob and and just said, you know, teach me how to do this. I want to get this church going in. So Rob, you and I got together. And I have to say that night we got together, um, I wasn't prepared when you said we'd have to raise $100,000. <laughs> and then you said, Karen, you raise fifty, and I'll raise fifty. <laughs> and honestly, by the time I got back to Green Valley, I was overwhelmed. And I got on my knees and I just prayed. But my prayer was like, okay, God, I'm taking my prayer back. I don't want a church here. I don't want any. Take it back. Take it back. And I couldn't sleep all night long. And then the next morning I woke up and I was like, no, I this is this is what I want. I'm I'm going to work towards this, and yeah. so, you know, the hardest thing is raising the money. I'm, I'm hoping anybody listening that really wants to catch a vision and a dream, and really make a difference in life yeah. will will contribute and help us because right. we need the help. That's yeah. right. And I think with the money, then we can hire somebody mm-hmm. who can can preach the word. And I think what we're looking for is someone with experience, thirty plus. Ideally, someone with kids, young yeah. kids, and who has some ministry experience and would like to raise their family in a great environment. But we're going to be putting together the funding to be able to pay for a family to lead that church and get it off the ground. And so if you're interested in leading the church or if you're interested in being part of the mission team, what, no matter what your age Definitely get a hold of us. I think it's going to be exciting. Karen, what advice would you give to a person who wants to make this life count? Go all in. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back, especially when you get older and you get comfortable and you get kind of set in your ways. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just have a vision, have a dream, and just go for it. Karen, thank you so much for joining the program. And I'll be, I'm continuing to pray for the work there in Green yes, Valley. Yes. Thank you for all that you brought to the church here in Tucson. Yes, thank, thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd like to ask your help. First of all, hit the subscribe button. Secondly, read one of my books. Go to Amazon and 
read How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. Finally, support the program financially by going to tucsonchurchofchrist.org and look for the Donate tab. Look for the general fund when you give, and your tax-deductible gift will help me plant five or more churches by the year 2030. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, to live a no-regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day, and make this life count.